everyone, and Ooh. welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 453 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Bo Diaz. Ooh. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, your friend and mine, well, not my friend, but probably yours, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? I'm everybody's friend. Chad, I am great. Uh, I guess got some news recently that Perhaps I've moved from fourth to third in the favorite sun rankings. So, uh, you know, we'll find, I don't know. We, we know how polling goes in this country. So, <laughs> that's you know, right. Interesting. It happens on election day. But, well, we haven't had this conversation. I'm eager. We won't uh, dive into it here tonight, but uh, maybe at some point we'll explain the, the brother rankings uh, that we have. Um, uh, we, obviously, as some people may know, we have four of force and concert our rankings. So I'm interested to hear, wow, you've actually potentially moved up in the ranking. That's fantastic. I'm saying planning the uh, planning the, the mother-son dance for your upcoming wedding really goes a long way. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, my wedding is in the past and, and hopefully not going to have another one, so I might not be able to match that. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, the res, but before we do, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, smash the subscribe button. You can't just press it. You can't just uh, hit it. You got to smash that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on the audio version, hey, listen, uh, subscribe. Why not? If you subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, everywhere, Amazon Music, we're on stinking iHeartRadio, whatever that is. Um, whatever that you is. can find us. Subscribe, follow us, and you get uh, this ridiculous banter delivered to you every single week. Nate, can we get into some news there, you know, uh, for the second consecutive week here, a little bit of... A little bit of news in Reds' world. You don't expect too much in the offseason, especially this offseason, but some 40-man roster news. you excited to talk about 40-man roster news, Nate? This, the stove is lukewarm. I mean, you're not going to burn your hand if you put it on the stove, but it's not going to be comfortable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's lukewarm. That's true. <laughs> um, so let's start, talk about it. Obviously, the 40-man roster, this is a big deal because this week, on Tuesday of this week, and, of course, we record this on Thursday. You're listening to it on Friday, I presume. Uh, on Tuesday, the teams had to basically finalize their 40-man roster because the Rule 5 draft is upcoming, and the Rule 5 draft, obviously, uh, minor league free agents, teams can draft them. We'll talk about that more. But um, the Reds were required to finalize their 40-man roster. So in anticipation of that, the Reds uh, began by losing 23 players to free agency, Nate. 23 players they lost to free agency. Um, does that freak you out? Our, uh, our good buddy Doug Gray over at Red Leg Nation claims that every team loses about that many. So I take solace in that. I wish they could lose a few more, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, really. I go for more. Um, all right, uh, two things. First of all, number one, don't you ever, ever mention Doug Gray's name on this podcast again. Okay. We love redlegnation.com, and we encourage you to go there every week uh, or every day to check out what they're doing. But Doug Gray is dead to me. That's mostly just so I can find out if Doug's actually listening to these shows. That's the only reason I said that, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to call him on it. So uh, the Reds lost 23 players, including Chucky Robinson, everyone's favorite catcher from this year. See Rob. And a, a bunch of other guys that no one's ever heard of. Ronel Espinal who uh, oh. played for the Reds shortly this year. Uh, Ronnie Dawson played for the Reds uh, a little bit this year. I'm not sure any of the other ones actually played for the on the actual Reds or team this year, but they elected free agency and uh, minor league free agency, I should say, because um, they're not going to be on the 40-man roster. There's only one other name who uh, I think is worth pointing out. It's one of my all-time favorite names in Cincinnati Reds history, Deck McGuire. Dick McGuire, oh. P.I. I mean, that's a classic 1950s film noir, private investigator. Dick McGuire, P.I. So um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that nonsense. I just kind of rambled about <laughs> ridiculous names that are on our oh, future obscure former Reds list. But uh, if you do, do not go ahead. Think, do not think I wasn't going to bring up Dick McGuire. <laughs> um, does this mean that they are like there's still a 50-50 shot? These guys could be back with the Reds or... They're just out into the ether now. Can go sign with whichever team wants. 
I'd say 50 50 is probably a fair, actually, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on whether they get any kind of better offers anywhere. They're going to, these are guys who are going to look for an organization where, and these are minor leaguers looking for an organization where they have a shot. And the, my question would be, and there's something to say about also. what's that? So there's something to say about familiarity. Like some of these guys might want to stay because they've been in these places for a couple of years or something. I don't know. Well, Aristides Aquino, who we'll talk about in a moment, you know, he was designated for Mm -hmm. assignment at one time and um, (laughs) previously and decided to come back for that reason. Uh, He familiarity, he was, uh, you know, it was right before his year where he kind of broke out. Um, But yeah, these guys, it's it's a combination of things. It's going to be familiarity might help if they have had a good experience with the Reds organization. And the other is this, um, their whole thing is going to be, where am I going to get a shot? Which organization can I get a shot with? And the fact of the matter is, not that we necessarily want any of these guys yet, because none of these guys are going to be future, uh, you know, big leaguers for an extended period of time. But if you're looking for a place where <laughs> where the roster's wide open, yeah, come on down well. to Cincinnati. I mean, I might have a shot to be the shortstop next year. <laughs> the... Uh... The only name that really jumped out to me was Brandon Bailey because he had a pretty good year in 2020 with Houston. Granted, weird year, of course. Um, I know that he was pretty excited and endeared himself to some Reds fans when Cincinnati gave him a chance to sort of rehab and and do his thing. I think that he is the kind of guy the Reds should be taking flyers on if he's willing to stay. Other than that, there wasn't really a single name on there that struck me for anything maybe christian santana just because he's like 11 years old and that's probably <laughs> yeah, brandon belly's the brandon belly's the one i mean um and and i would love to see him come back and there's a chance that he that he will because i mean he's he's 28 he's gonna be 28 i think this year if i if i remember correctly but still he's a reliever and he has a pretty live arm and had a pretty good minor league track record so but whatever you know um, he, I wouldn't put him on the 40-man roster right now, which is why he ends up being a free agent because the Reds weren't going to put him on the four-man roster. So that's it's the right decision. But I will be trying to get that back. He's got a live arm. Get him back in the organization if you can. So um, Chucky Robinson, I don't know. I loved his story this year. As meeting it, I didn't meet his family, but we all kind of made his family through the broadcast this year when he, when he came up and a good story. And um, it was fun to see him make his major league debut. He's um, whatever. None of the other ones, I agree. Christian Santana, yeah, but. I don't know. The truth is, I didn't even know until uh, fairly recently that Deck McGuire was back in the Reds organization. That shows you what I know. What about uh, Juniel Cuerracuto? I refuse to get too excited about players whose name I can't pronounce. Exactly. Such as Adam Dunn. Because I remember there were about six years there where you called him Dune. Adam Dune. Because you're such a big fan of that uh, that book. Are you sure it's not Adam Dune? I'm not actually. He's never, he's, I've never talked to him. That's what I'm saying. We need to ask him. We should ask him. All right. So, anyway, that was the beginning of this 40-man roster, you know, uh, shuffle, reshuffle. There was a time this week when the Reds were rumored. And when I say rumored, it, it came from, uh, I think, John Morosi of MLB, MLB Network, who's a decent uh, source, that the Reds were in uh, trade negotiations, trade discussions with the Cincinnati Reds, among other teams. I think he listed the Angels, the Mets, the Cubs as being, quote-unquote, in touch with with the Rays. And uh, the Reds are not similar to those other teams in which in that the Reds are not trying to win. And you, presumably those other, other teams are. But the Reds were in some kind of uh, trade negotiations because the Tampa Bay was trying to, uh, you know, they had to make some moves before the upcoming draft in their, you know, roster protection, quote-unquote. So, uh Nate, can you go ahead and give us the brief rundown on all the trades the Reds made with the Tampa Bay Rays after that uh, news that the Reds were actually engaged in trade trade negotiations? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, I'm done. There you go. Exactly. So I don't know why I'm even mentioning a rumor that ultimately didn't come. To, well, no, the rumor might have been true. The Reds act might have uh, and presumably were discussing with the Rays. They, you know, Nick Carl made a call, I guess, but uh, nothing happened yeah. there. The Rays get this sort of like legendary mythical reputation. Like if if they if a player played for the Rays, then man, we should get that guy because we're gonna get some of that magic, that, that secret sauce that the that the Rays sprinkle all over their entire roster and they plant their in the outfield and their single A team. You know, their bench coaches are coveted by everybody. Old uh, John Boy over at Talking Baseball I said, if I was the Rays, I would just start hiring morons. 
for my bench coaches <laughs> so that other teams also hire them. Yeah, farming them out to other organizations. Yeah, just a psyop. I love it. I don't know. I mean, I got excited just because it seemed like the Reds were going to do something. But, I mean, I don't trust them to get the upper hand when dealing with the Rays anyway. But, but this is where we are. Over them, like, getting rid of let's, – let's, let's get excited about people that a competitive team doesn't even want. <laughs> right, right. That's where we are. It's just the, the chance that the Mets, Reds might actually make some kind of a move, some transaction. We're like, oh, my gosh, it's something to talk about. <laughs> We have something to talk about now. Um, yeah, no, and this thing about the Tampa Bay Rays is not a recent thing because a couple weeks ago when Chris uh, Garber and I were doing our obscure former Reds draft, and if you haven't listened to that one yet or watched it, go back and listen to it because uh, we have Timeless. Yeah, it, it is timeless. It is timeless, and which means I'm going to rerun it like every third week all offseason. But um, we, we mentioned a guy named that I drafted on my team named Jorge Cantu. And Jorge Cantu was a uh, a guy that came from the Rays organization. I thought, oh man, he's, this guy's, and he actually had some talent, but he had some limitations as well, and never never turned into much. But but that's the my earliest recollection of being like, ooh, Tampa Bay. <laughs> they were the Devil Rays back then. Nate. Do you remember when they were the Devil Rays? Well, they got better when they when they shed the Devil because you know the Devil. <laughs> As we all do. All right. So then uh, the Reds finally had to um, had to make their decisions with respect to the Rule Five Draft, who they were going to add to the forty man roster to protect them. Because again, if you don't really understand the the way that works, uh, Rule Five Draft are people that are eligible to be on the forty man roster um, after a certain uh, period of time, and then if you don't protect, if you don't put them on your forty man roster, other teams can draft these minor leaguers. So the Reds added six players to the uh, the forty man roster. Thus, again, protecting them from some other team selecting them. And uh, not really very many surprises. Uh, the two big names, obviously, that were added were um, the two of the, maybe the top two prospects, certainly two of the top three or four prospects in the Reds organization. L.A. De La Cruz, oh, the, yeah. the GOAT. Just uh, We're going to spend, a, at some point, we're going to have a, just a whole episode doing nothing but, but marveling over L.A. De La Cruz. Also, Noel V. Noel v. Marte, who came over from the Seattle organization in the trades this year. So um, both those guys, huge prospects, uh, everyone, not we're not just for, for Reds organization, everyone considers them to be big time prospects. The Reds added um, pitchers, Brandon Williams, again, also came over from Seattle, Levi Stout, um, and pretty much expected. And then a couple more pitchers, Ricky Karcher mm-hmm. and Lion Richardson. Now, Karcher, I don't know a ton about. I'm going to be honest with you. He's a reliever. He was he made it up to AAA this year. I think started in AA. Made I like it up to AAA. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I looked I looked into him once because I, I knew the name, but I didn't know much about him. Because I don't I just I'm just telling you, you all know this. I don't pay attention until they become big leaguers because I don't trust any of those guys down there to become big leaguers. Now, Richardson, though, is a guy that I, I've seen pitch um, and love Ooh. his arm. He had uh, he had Tommy John surgery, and so missed the entire season. But I've only seen I saw one start of his. Obviously, so I'm not a scout, but I was impressed. And so uh, we'll see. Name like a lion. like lion. That's pretty cool. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I, I like- before before we get into who departed the 40 man roster, Nate, any thoughts about those guys? Just kind of Ricky Carter, man. I, I'm I'm sort of excited about that dude. I caught wind of him early last season and you know something about the parallels between him and ricky wild thing vaughn kind of get my motor running really he walked, he walked almost a batter in but he throws gas you know i like having a nice wild card out of the pen yeah sure you're gonna come to cincinnati you're probably gonna take two out of three games in the series but we got a guy that might accidentally throw one over the backstop so <laughs> that's fun Hit the bull. No, that's a guy though that you want to keep keep around because that's a lottery ticket. That's we an arm, yeah. If you can, uh, if you can, if you can tame the beast, then he could be a real, real piece out of the bullpen. Yeah, can 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 Derek Johnson do that? Uh, Reds pitching coach uh, Derek Johnson, and yeah, it's a, every team's got these crazy guys. This is it's typical. Every October, I, I watch the playoffs, and um, I don't watch the Reds, but I watch other teams, and every team's got you know four guys that throws hundred miles an hour that you've never heard of in your life. 
And uh, that's going to be Karcher for the Reds in there on the next good, great Reds team. Um, the rest of that, not really that surprising. Maybe Richardson, I guess, but he's uh, got a good enough pedigree that uh, I'm not surprised he was added. So um, the Reds dropped some players because obviously you only get, you may not know this. I want to, and if you don't know this, Likely. just be honest about it. Did you realize that on the 40 man roster, you're only allowed to have 40 men Ooh. on the roster? What about non binary folk? Well, okay, now see, all right, there might be a loophole. We need to we need to discuss that. Uh, not this very second because I don't have any well thought out opinions, but we're going <laughs> to presume at this point there are forty, and um, so the Reds had to drop some some players from the forty man roster to make room for the uh, the six aforementioned players. I guess the big names here are. Um, there are no actual big names, but from our perspective, Aristides Aquino, the aforementioned, was designated for assignment. And um, and when we say designated for assignment, that's essentially they go they accept an assignment to AAA, or they are free. They can become free agents. So uh, the other bigger names, I guess, Jeff Hoffman, Jeffrey Hoffman, in, Jeffrey, yeah, in the Riverfront podcast lore, Jeffrey Hoffman. And uh, I need you to go out there and. Uh, a tweet at uh, I don't remember what his at is, but it's Carlos Guevara, and uh, go find him and tweet him, ask him why why we call him Jeffrey Hoffman. See if he remembers <laughs> our friend from uh, the the late night Red Stock uh, podcast, who uh, we haven't had him on a while. We need to invite him back. Um, Art Warren, Jeff Hoff, Jeffrey Hoffman, and Art Warren got some time with the Reds, so they're all designated for assignment along with Kyle Dowdy, Derek Law, who is a real person that actually pitched for the Reds this year, and Jared Solomon. I know that, and, and we have this built into our outline of, of what we're going to talk about the show. I have about 20, 25 minutes available for you now to talk about those six guys that have been designated for assignment, Nate. So I'll just step back and let you pontificate. Okay. Well, first off, I think it's impressive that Kyle Dowdy went from a uh, you know, Reds pitching coordinator and then working for driveline to getting uh, DFA. So I think it's a different him. guy. I think oh, it's a different shoot. guy. Okay. <laughs> No, nah, this is not Derek Law. I don't. I don't know. I will remember him in about twelve years on a, another future former obscure red podcast. Darren Solomon, I couldn't care less about. Art Warren's kind of tough. Like I, I enjoyed the Art Warren experience for a little while. He just had a kid too, so you you hope he lands somewhere and figures his stuff out. Other than that, I'm just I'm just glad they kept Alejo Lopez. I was worried they were going to do something stupid like let. Aquino stay and Alejo go, and I was going to have to riot and go find a wall to punch. I don't know. I would have had problems, but they didn't. So here we are. Right. Yeah. No, I was, I was happy to see Alejo Lopez uh, maintain his spot. And the truth of the matter is, there are 10 guys in this 40 man roster that I just thought, you know, whatever. I don't care that they, I wouldn't have cared if they were designated for assignment. Or Warren it does not surprise me at all that he was. Uh, removed from the 40-man roster and designated for assignment. Uh, he's the one that I think there's a, the best chance he's going to be back. Uh, you know, uh, you had to drop him because he's he's uh, he had elbow surgery. So he's going to miss the entire 2023 season anyway. So I would not be surprised if the Reds signed him back to a minor league deal and let him rehab on the Reds' dime. And because his arm, like you said, his arm was live enough that it's worth, uh, uh, you know, again, with the bullpen, who knows? But uh, I don't mind keeping him around. And so I wouldn't. I would expect to see him return is my mm -hmm. guess if, if the Reds are open to it. And I would think the Reds would be open to because uh, that's pretty cheap and uh, can bring him back. So, yes, Alejo Lopez, thank you for returning. Um, Nate, we had uh, we got 20 more minutes for you to talk about uh, Aristides Aquino and uh, Jared Solomon. You, you, I can talk about Aquino for 20 minutes. I, I, I can go on hateful rants about Aquino. Stay gone, bro. I am, no, I am come worried. on. I am worried that he is going to be right back and starting in the outfield for your 2023 Cincinnati Reds. I don't care that he had a 1.4 war. I don't believe it. His arm was not that impactful. No, I'm done with the Aquino experience. <laughs> I am tired of being punished by the Punisher. My eyes are the ones that what's being punished here. It's no good. No bueno. I'm out. Oh man! Ouch! Ouch! How dare you? 
Aristides, uh, I mean, you're right. You're correct in every, in every respect, but still, why would you say that out loud? He's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a, seems like a nice guy. You know, I don't know with Aristides Aquino. Um, two things. Number one. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen any, an outfielder whose entire value was his arm. Uh, well, not just his arm. He's athletic. So, but, it, but his defense. And yeah, 1.4 wins of a replacement is unbelievable for a guy that hit, you know, 042. Yeah. Um, so the, he does have real value defensively. I don't know how do you quantify that. And I, I agree. I don't, I, I question that number. But man, I mean, the guy just can't hit. He just, he, he's not going to hit on the big league level. He did for one month and it was a fun month and I'll remember it forever. And when we do the update to the big 50, maybe we'll add a chapter on Aristides Aquino's glorious August. It's gross. But here's, but here's what I have to say. Aristides Aquino will start in right field for the Cincinnati Reds at some point in 2023. That's my prediction. And so whoever is following these tr- predictions at our uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, just write that one down that on today's date, I said that he will, because I think he's going to be back. Where else is he? Where are you going to go, Aristides? Oh, no. Sorry. All right, uh, Nate, are you ready to move on? Please. Please. Yes. Okay. So a couple of other uh, items from the news this week. Some gambling news. Our old friend Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig was evidently uh, involved in illegal sports betting. This happened when he was actually a member of the Cincinnati Reds in 2019. Um, so he, uh, the Department of Justice tells us that uh, Yasiel Puig has, God, here, here we are, um, he's a, agreed to plead guilty to a federal charge for lying to federal law enforcement officials about bets on sporting events that he placed with an illegal gambling operation, according to court documents unsealed this week. Yasiel Puig, who we had a good, he wasn't great for the Reds, but uh, we had a good time with him. Yasiel Puig. Now, Nate, I, I guess I probably should have read the story a little closer, but my understanding is that Puig was betting on uh, Tommy Pham's uh, fantasy football league. I don't know if that's true, but I haven't confirmed those sources, but my little birdies are saying that was the case. It did seem that he was not betting on baseball at all, which I found interesting. It was all like specifically went out of their way to say it was other sports. I just don't care. Like this is where our tax dollars are going to see if Yazio Puig's lying to people about gambling. Who cares? Let him go wild card like Charlie Kelly and always sunny. I love it. I'll say do not. I don't care. (laughs) I agree. Uh, I would say do not lie to federal uh, investigators because FBI agents that are dicks and uh i'm gonna have to cut that out because that's gonna uh, i I need to cut i'm sorry i love you uh federal bureau of investigation do not lie to federal investigators that's the first thing which is what he's charged with the other thing about illegal gambling operations is get get out of here get off my lawn that's not the right term but who cares i do not care if yasiel puig as a cincinnati red is gambling on some other sport i just how can we have this outrage when uh, you know, baseball's partnered with DraftKings or whoever, you know, they're partnered with for, for game. Get out of here. I don't care. But anyway, Yasiel Puig, I'm sorry. Um, he's going to have to do 40 years in a federal penitentiary. I think is what, what we're expecting. 40 years. No, not. So, Nate, but uh, what about gambling on baseball? Would that be worse? In theory, in theory, it would be worse. It would certainly be punished more severely by those in the game, it seems. Well, Puig's playing in Korea, so they can't they can't do anything to him. He's untouchable. Um, but there was some more news this week about someone who did bet on baseball. Nate, do we have a do we have a, a clip here that might uh, preview this section this sex section of the podcast we're ready to talk about? I don't know. Maybe we have a, a video clip. Do you, do you see one over there? And maybe that you can drop into our. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, uh, that's okay. what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Pete Rose. We're talking about Pete Rose. <laughs> oh mercy, Nate! How dare you? 
How dare you? Pete Get Rose is a here. Cincinnati legend. He can be a lot of things at once. He's the hit king. Just ask him. He'll tell you. He's the hit king. Pete Rose. Back in the news. <sighs> Pete Rose wrote a letter to Major League Baseball, uh, specifically to Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. <laughs> we have a story here where Rob Manfred's not the biggest moron in the uh, in the story, <laughs> which is that's a that's a that's a Hall of Fame level accomplishment on Rose's uh, behalf as well. <laughs> um, now Pete Rose uh, apologized for his uh, the gambling scandal. Evident, the letter was published by TMZ this week, and uh, apologizing essentially. I'm sorry, despite my many mistakes, I'm so proud of what I accomplished as a baseball player. Uh, is is what he wrote. I am the hit king. <laughs> First of all, okay, look. Can you imagine writing these words? I'm the hit king. <laughs> I mean, oh, Pete, Pete. Um, I'm the hit king, and it is my dream to be considered for the Hall of Fame. Like all of us, I believe in accountability, said Pete, who this, just this uh, past uh, this, this month um, <laughs> made the first legal <laughs> bet in, uh, in Ohio sportsbook history. I am 81 years old. And know that I've been held accountable, and that I hold myself accountable, which which Pete does. I right now to ask for another chance. Pete is holding himself accountable, Nate. <laughs> you what can't make thoughts? it up. You can't make it up anymore. It's <laughs> it's so entertaining to me. I look forward to any time I see his name pop up in the news. Um, all things aside, let him into the Dagon Hall of Fame. Who cares if he's a bee hole? For Christ's sake, it's a museum. Find a corner of it, get a fossilized turd or something, put it in a plexiglass case, slap an informative plaque on that bad boy, and boom, heat's in the hall. Done. End of conversation. We'll let you in, but you're being represented by a fossilized turd. <laughs> Done. Meet in the middle here. Compromise. That's what gets this country back on track. There we go. You know, that's what I've been saying for years, which is that, come on, he's a He's Pete Rose, but the guy, the guy needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he just, and some of you are, I know some of you all are going to yell at me about that take here, but come on. I've been saying for years, the Reds should, or the Major League Baseball should never, ever, ever uh, let him off the uh, inel- permanently ineligible list. And Rob Manfred kind of made that distinction, which is, yeah, he's on our list, but that doesn't mean that Hall of Fame can't let him in. And, and Manfred's right. I would not remove him from the permanently. Well, I would because I don't care about gambling, and I, you know, but, but he broke a rule, and I'm fine with that. Um, but he needs to be in the Hall of Fame, and so, and it, you know, I can't, I can't get uh, up on a on a soapbox about him. You know, he we have to deny him the Hall of Fame because I, I just I think it's ridiculous that so many of the best players in the history of baseball are not in that enshrined in that museum, like you just said, it's a museum. But I, I've had that position for years. Keep him banned, but let him in the Hall of Fame. But every single time that guy opens his mouth, he makes a jackass of himself. And how do you how do you defend that guy? I'm not going to get into the stuff. Uh, the you know that's what I like about those high school girls. Um, but um, I just. He was a great player. Was he the hit king or whatever? Was he the greatest player in baseball history? No. Was he the greatest player in Reds history? No. Was he a Hall of Fame level player? He's not an inner circle Hall of Famer. He wasn't even, he wasn't the one of the two best players even on the big red machine. Was he a Hall of Famer? Yes, he was a Hall of Famer. I, I don't mind him being in the in the the museum. I think he should be, but I, I'm gonna say the same thing about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, and everyone's gonna yell at me about that stuff too. The best players should be enshrined in that museum. Yes. But good grief, uh, Pete Rose, leave us alone. Um, yeah, that's about it. You're enough. not gonna get in, not enough guy. Well, and, and he's and the other thing is, he's asking Rob Manfred to let him into the Hall of Fame essentially. And Rob Manfred has, well, I say he has nothing to do with it because it is the it is the baseball writers and the Hall of Fame committee. Uh, but if Rob Manfred came out and said, you know what, Pete should be eligible for Hall of Fame, it probably would convince the Hall of Fame committee at Some least they'd consider it. So uh, we just talked about Pete Rose, a topic we generally we generally avoid avoid Pete Rose because I know you I know you love Pete Rose, right? How could you not love the Hit King? You always call him a a stud, right? Mm-hmm.
Tell me about it. Stud. Clip of you talking about Pete Rose. Oh, Olivia Newton-John, my sweet, sweet woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, we had a couple other things we thought we might talk about, but I think uh, we probably should. Uh, and maybe we can... Uh, Mark Sheldon, a uh, friend of the podcast, but uh, uh, beat writer at MLB.com, Reds.com, had a, had a piece about the top three free agent outfield targets that we're not going to talk about. But actually, I found two of the three. Actually, okay, we are going to talk about it. They were, <laughs> I just two of the three they list are uh, two that I would. I don't know if the Reds have any kind of chance, and I don't think they'll actually try to go get these guys. But um, I could uh, I could be very happy with any of these. Now, Adam Duvall was the first one. We yeah you know, we like Duvall. He was an all star with the Reds in 2016, and uh, you know whatever. He's 34 now. I don't really want him back, but the Reds might because it'll be cheap. The other two were Andrew Benintendi. Local guy, uh, and uh, and Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto is a guy that I actually think the Reds have a real chance of of signing because he's, he's one of these Tommy Pham esque. Sign him to a one year deal and um, see if you can deal him at the trade deadline. He was a he was an All Star in I think twenty seventeen, but um, missed all twenty twenty two with a shoulder injury. So the Reds are a perfect place for him to rebuild. Great American Ballpark is a great place for him to rebuild his. His uh, his value. He's going to turn thirty, but he he averaged almost thirty home runs a season uh, from twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen. So anyway, we don't need to unpack that a lot. And if you have anything quick you want to say about it, go ahead. But uh, it's, it's interesting to speculate because I like I want some hot stove or lukewarm stove talk as uh, as you talked about it. Yeah, any of any of those is Duvall, whatever. Like glad to have him back, but I'm not going to throw a parade. But either of those other two guys, um, the team is going to be significantly better with them in the outfield than, than without. I would love, love, love to get Ben Attendee. I'd like to get him for three or four years. I don't know that the Reds are going to – will be willing to pony up or be able to afford him. Um, but somebody like Conforto, like, it would stink that he would only be there for, uh, you know, a year. I, I can't imagine them signing long-term. Maybe a, maybe a one-on-one with a player option they will definitely opt out of. But if for some reason he was willing to shoot for that financial security coming off a really bad injury, they can get him for a, for a three-year deal to sort of bridge that gap. Exactly the kind of player we've been talking about. And we have been talking about him specifically for a while. Yeah. So I would get fired up for either of those two guys. And this is something we'll probably unpack uh, over the off season, over the winter a little bit, which is that I, cause I, I do think the Reds need to be searching for someone to sign to a three-year, four-year deal. Um, and, and maybe not a crazy, crazy money deal, but someone to bridge that gap. Cause what that'll do, number one, it will, um, sort of signal that the Reds think that this quote unquote rebuilding process is not going to be that we're not that far away. Right. It would, sh- it would, it would give a signal to us that, all right, we're not that. And again, I don't know that I don't trust that the Reds have that, have that well thought out of plan to, to actually, uh, do something like that. Um, but also, it would give us a, a player that, you know, may not be as good in three years from now or four years from now as he is now. But uh, I'm going to be watching every Reds game between now and then, and so I want some some good players. So um, anyway, I don't know that's going to happen, but uh, go look at that uh, piece at uh, Reds.com if you want. Um, Nate, we're going to answer some viewer mail questions, but before we do that, I got to ask you a question: Do you wear t-shirts? I often. I can say that it's true that I classically wear T-shirts. Well, that is truly a classic response, Nate. What type of T-shirts do you like to wear, even before uh, the recent weeks? <laughs> now, I uh, we do want to thank True Classic Tees for supporting this podcast once again. Um, they have a whole ad read thing here. I'm not even going to pull it up. I am literally wearing one right now. I almost always do. No lie whatsoever. Literally six hours ago, I bought nine more because you can get them like three packs, five packs, nine packs. They had a massive sale going on. So I just picked up nine more to get me through next spring. True Classic Tees, they fit tight around your guns. So even if you don't have guns, they make you look like you have guns. They're a little bit loose around the belly so the dad bod can still look good. I've got some friends to buy them. Their wives have seriously, no lie, text me to say thank you. My slob of a husband looks good in public. 
That's a direct quote. <laughs> I love so, it. True Classic Tees, we are very, very thankful to, um, you know, sort of co- be cooperating with them a little bit. If you, too, want to give them a shot, you can use the promo code RIVERFRONT, one word, at checkout for 25% off. Yeah, and and I would encourage you to do that because they are uh, they are supporting us, and I have been I've been doing this this show um, since 2007, and I have long been resistant to uh, advertising, and just because I, I I love the family that's the community that's grown up around this, and I just didn't want to kind of bog us down with too, with advertising, um, and so we will never have any kind of advertising unless it's someone that we support. And this is a company that literally we both have spent our hard earned United States legal tender on their product and, uh, and do believe in that product. So yeah, uh, true classic tees use the promo code riverfront. So that you can tell everyone you support us as well as that company, but you also get uh, a product that we really do believe in. So um, Nate, how about some viewer mail? I'm ready. Well, before we get into viewer mail, Nate, we have a, a, a new member of the patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy team. We have a new uh, subscriber. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy where you can join us. We have a there's some goodies you can get it depending on what level you decide to join us. But two bucks a month, you get to hang out in our Slack channel. You get uh, and, and believe me, that is worth two bucks a month. Uh, it's just, we have such a, a blast in there. I'll tell uh, you what, if I may, the reason to spend the $2 for the Slack channel is because Twitter is such a cesspool of filth and heathenry that I now go to the Slack channel for my baseball news. So I get on there, and some guys like Skyler and Joe, Joey, those guys, will, you know, Ellis and Dwight, they got they got the latest tweets ready to rock. So I don't have to wade through the mess that is Twitter. But guys in Slack, they got it for me. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, it's 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 Twitter, but with people we like, you know that. And it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not it's not a hive of scum and villainy, you know, like uh, like Twitter is. And uh, you know, I do a. I, I, I'll mention this, I guess, but I do a uh, a newsletter. Uh, the Riverfront is the name of the newsletter as well, and it's uh, chaddotson.substack.com. Chaddotson.substack.com. I don't usually promote it on here, but um, uh, you know, I write about. Cincinnati sports, mostly the Reds, but Cincinnati sports. And they introduced a new feature this week, um, you know, Substack chat or something. You can, and it's basically a thing where the people that subscribe to the newsletter, you can have your own internal little group. And I said, yo, I'm going to activate that. And then I thought, you know what? I, I already have that with our with our Slack channel. Well, I don't need, I don't need that, that other community necessarily. I, I've got this group where we talk about, and not just about the Reds, we talk about the Bengals. We talk about college football. There are different channels for movies, movies, music, everything. You know, college football. We have a separate college football now. Soccer. That's me. I, I'm on the soccer one. There's one that's called random, and let me tell you, it gets weird. <laughs> it gets okay. It doesn't get that it gets weird. weird. So it gets random. So two bucks a month. Uh, it's actually if you if you do a year subscription, you get a discount. So it's less than two dollars a month. And come on, you you can afford you can afford a couple bucks a month. Uh, and if you want to go it higher, is- you can. That's fine, but. Um, but we do have a good time. Uh, that was a pretty good ad read for uh, our Patreon crowd that we didn't even plan, Nate. Patreon so, should sponsor this podcast. <laughs> Patreon should sponsor that podcast. If you join at a certain level, however, you get to join our big league, our beer league softball team. And we have a new member of our beer league softball team. I'm going to thank him on the podcast now. Um, it's Chris Barrett. Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Jumped on to Slack this week after we sent out the invitation and introduced himself. And I, I think he'll tell you he got a, a very warm reception because we are, it's, we, we say the Riverfront family, but I, mm-hmm. there's no drama there, man. We just have fun. We just you know, hang out and talk. And so, Chris, really, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, as is tradition, when you join and, uh, and you get a, a position on the Beer League softball team. Now, I, I have in my mind, I know exactly what position. Chris is playing on our beer league softball team, Nate, but I'm going to, I'm going to drop it on you. I'm going to see if you agree with me. I'm going to put you on the okay. spot. What position does Chris Barrett play on our riverfront Cincy beer league softball team? I've been vacillating between two and I'm going with one for the same reason I usually do because my initial reaction was pitcher. I don't know if it's because of Chris Bassett names are similar for the Mets and I'm like, who wants to be the pitcher on a slow-pitch beer league softball team? Exactly. Nobody. No. Chris is better than that. So I've got Chris being a uh, 
Now we're hitting, not necessarily homers, a lot of doubles, living in the gaps. Third baseman. Ooh, third base. Well, we're going to have to argue this one out because what I have is – You told me, man. He's versatile. I love it. He is. He's a catcher. I, I have him as a okay. catcher. I'm similar to you. I think he's a uh, – you know, he's, he plays in the gaps, so a lot of extra base hits, but not necessarily uh, great home run power. But he's a, he's a left-handed hitter. Obviously, he's a catcher, so Ooh. he throws right. But he's a lefty hitting catcher and um, and competent enough with the bat that he, you got to play him 70% of the games. So maybe not quite Tyler Stevenson level, but maybe just a, a, a dash below. But, but Chris, let me tell you something. Saying you're almost as good as Tyler Stevenson is a great compliment. So He's never said that about me, and I'm his own brother. <laughs> That's true, and you actually have played some catcher back in, back in your day. Uh, so what are we going to go with? Catcher or third base? We have to make a decision. Let's go with catcher. Let's go with catcher. I think you gave that impassioned argument. I can't I can't push back on it. You see, the thing is, over can all these years. They can play a little bit of both. Well, you know what? Like Johnny Bench, we can put him at, at third base, and then maybe Wayne Krenchicki will start yeah. over him one day. Um, mm-hmm. But I do appreciate that over all these years of uh, Nate being my brother, he's understood that uh, – Sometimes you just have to defer to the older brother, or he will, you know, you know, beat on you or something. I don't know. Whatever we the defense, the defense rests, Your Honor. <laughs> oh, let it be let it be said that I'm not the older brother that used to beat on you. Um, <laughs> and that's another discussion to be had at our next uh, holiday get together. So anyway, Chris, listen, thank you so much. I really do appreciate the fact that you. Uh, that you joined us this week and that you're, you've joined the, the, the Slack conversation. Thank you so much. First question this week from our viewer mail team is from Hooper Powell. Hooper, first of all, I'm a little upset about this question, but I'm going to go ahead and we're going to hit it right off the top because Hooper says this. Seeing that it's No Shave November, who are your top three beards slash facial hair in Red's history? Here's why I'm upset with Hooper. Each of the last, the preceding two weeks, I've made a point to point out it was no shave November here at the riverfront because I was growing it out. You're sporting it. Well, I shaved. If you're not watching on YouTube, you don't know, don't know that, but I'm admitting to you, the audio listener, that I have uh, that I have shaved. I did not survive no shave November, and I have a good reason for that, which we can get into. If we want to, but uh, I'm going to ask you, Nate, top three beards, facial hair, and reds history. I'm going to name the first one. And then I'm going to ask you for yours, if you agree or disagree, and then who you got. First one, this is definitely not on your list. 100% not on your list, Nate. King Kelly. Ooh. King Kelly. He uh, played pre-1900. He played on uh, one team in which he had teammates named Buttercup Dickerson and Chubb Sullivan. Get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best thing I've heard in (laughs) weeks. King Kelly. Uh, performed vaudeville in the offseason. There's a rumor that he inspired the classic Casey at the Bat poem. King Kelly, go look him up. Incredible stash. So, Nate, agree or disagree, but uh, who else do you have? I'm going with the man, the myth, the legend, Corky Miller. Got to be Corky. Those rad, rad handlebars. Who once said in a Reddit AMA that he doesn't have a problem with beards, and I quote, not everyone is destined for greatness. <laughs> okay all right that's 100 true that's amazing that is incredible that is incredible corky miller i've never seen a guy create an uh an actual career having a mustache it's, uh, more power to him more power to him um so the third one this is a big question and who i thought one person i thought here was was actually joey Votto. because Votto grew out that beard this year and it was uh it was pretty special mm-hmm Here's where I'm going to go, and you can tell me whether you have someone else that you're going to would add to the list. But I think I have to go with Greg Vaughn, and here's the reason why: the Reds actually had a ban on facial hair for many, many, many years until 1999. Greg Vaughn joins the team, and uh, basically says, "I'm not shaving my goatee. Change your rule." And the Reds changed their their rule against facial hair. So I think, given how important that was to Reds history and how great that 1999 team was, I'm going to go with Greg Vaughn. Who, who else do you have? Oh, man, that's a fantastic call. Um, I want to give at least a shout-out to George Foster's sideburns. Thank you, yes. Those chops were legendary. Um, recent res, we got to talk about Jake Fraley. 
Oh, yes, definitely. Red caveman mess. I also just want to throw a challenge out there. I feel like my man, my main man, Graham Ashcraft, has a lot of potential in this arena. And I'm excited (laughs) about what the future holds for Graham's beard game. I don't know why it is, but if there were... that's funny that you mentioned that because I've never thought about this ever in my life and I never will think about it again. But if I had to pick one guy on the, on the current reds who really needs to grow a big, crazy long beard, it's Graham Ashcraft. I don't know why that is. There's something about the way he looks that he would just be more intimidating. So there we go. All right. Good question. Not, not a good question, Hooper, but great question. uh, Great. Hey, what? No, don't listen. Don't encourage Hooper. Hooper's been with us a while and, uh, I'm trying to convince him to leave the the family. I, we just we have to get rid of Hooper. Not true, not true. Met Hooper uh, in person. I think for the first time was in uh, in Columbus at a book signing, and a really good guy and a, a really, great name. I'm glad he's still with the team. Next viewer mail question comes from Kyle Kapler. Now Kyle is doing something interesting here, Nate. Kyle is a, he asks questions occasionally. Um, Kyle's a friend of the show and uh, his questions are generally really good. He's also a pretty good follow on, uh, on the tweeters. Very good follow um, on the tweeters. Yeah. Um, and uh, here's what I like about Kyle. He does not always agree with the dumb things I say, which means he's the smart one, but yet he's a, uh, who cares? Right. Um, he thinks I've been too extreme on certain things. Um, and he's, he's 100% correct. Yeah. Can't imagine um, where he got that take. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so, Kyle, we love you, and I appreciate uh, that. But anyway, he, he's doing something. He's kind of he's repeating a question. He's making sure he really understood our our answer on a previous viewer mail question. So, I love it, Kyle. Thank you. Just so I'm clear, he says to revisit my question from last week. The Reds are literally going to do nothing this offseason, correct? Two weeks ago, you said uh, to expect a quote unquote spooky offseason. Just making sure I understood that correctly. He's asking for clarification on a previous viewer mail question. This is the relationship we have with our uh, with our viewers. Uh, th- well, n- let me say this. No, the, uh, the Reds are literally going to do nothing. I do not think that's true. They are going to do some things. They fired like 23 dudes a couple of days ago. It was great. Exactly. But they're not going to do anything that's going to make you happy, Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. They'll do something. I don't know, though. I had like the last day or two, I've been starting to get some weird vibes. Maybe the hot stove is burning first inside of me, but I've been getting like a weird sort of gut feeling that they're going to do something that surprises all of us. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a good surprise or a bad surprise, but just one of those, you know, like when your kneecap starts hurting, you know, it's going to rain. I'm feeling something. And I don't care if it's a good something or a bad something. I just want something interesting <laughs> if, at this point. Yeah. We, we expect them to be bad, so just at least be interesting. Give us a uh, reason right. for an emergency podcast. Come on. Oh, please. Yes. Uh, next question comes from our buddy Joey Gaditza. Joey, uh, of course, is from the land up north, Canada. Joey says this. I went back and watched the infamous Where Are You Gonna Go clip. First of all, Joe, Why? Yeah. Why? So is anyway, Joey okay? says, "Is everything okay, Joey? Do we need to send somebody up there to check on you? The passport, valid passport." It's 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 you know, Nate. We uh we uh, here's a little peek behind the curtain of the riverfront, but we went to a new platform to host this uh this show recently. It's much more stable, I think. Um, uh, but we uploaded some videos to show, and you you saw the one earlier, uh, or a couple of them earlier, the Olivia Newton John and the the Pete Rose oh, uh, high school yeah. girls, but. Um, we did not reload the Phil Castellini clip because no, I don't want to relive that. So Joey, I don't know what you're doing. Um, so Joey says, Phil is indeed one of the slimiest creepazoids I've ever seen. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. No. I mean, Truer I, words have never been spoken. Is that the easiest viewer mail question in the history of this, uh, this program? I think so. I just said program like it's 1956 and we're on NBC. Yeah. Coming up next, the honeymooners. That's a, that's a deep cut just for uh, my buddy, Bill Lack. Next question comes from Jerry Saduth and Jerry again is kind of uh, revisiting a previous viewer mail. Um, 
viewer mail question. Chad, you asked me to resubmit my question about Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. My wife and I disagreed about the quality of this movie with my wife saying a, a three-hour movie better have hobbits in it. And he says, hopefully you've gotten to see this movie. And if so, am I right or am I right? Is this better than those Hobbit movies? Thanks again. And so I responded to Jerry. I sent him a message. I said, wait a minute, Jerry, listen, uh, you know, I, we answered that question. Why are we uh, still talking about that? He's like, you literally told me last week to resubmit the question after you had a chance to. I'm like, I can't remember what I said seven days ago. Come on, Jerry. How am I to remember? But after you mentioned it, I said, yeah, I do remember that. I have not watched Barry Lyndon yet. I didn't got the, did not get the time this week. because it's been Resubmit amazing. it next week, Jerry. <laughs> next week, resubmit this question, and I will have watched Barry Lyndon. Although, even though I've never seen it, I'm telling you, every Stanley Kubrick movie is better than any movie that has a Hobbit in it. That's what I'm telling you. It's a tough one. I mean, better than a lot of movies that have Hobbits in them. You love the Hobbits. I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The Hobbit trilogy should not have been a trilogy at all. should have been one long good movie instead of three long bad ones. Okay, well, I'm not watching any of those, but I've only seen the first Lord of the Rings, as I said. It's got your main man from Sherlock. In the Hobbit movies? Watson plays Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah, he's in the... the He's in the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. Um, that's true. I do love I do love Sherlock. Um, the greatest television program ever. There are no hobbits in Sherlock. And, and I've actually read all the Sherlock Holmes novels and stories. No hobbits. Not, Speaking not of hobbits, hobbits, do you see that Willow 2 is coming out? I did not see that. Like I got a Willow TV show, I think. Pretty exciting. Well, I'm not going to watch it, but I have fun. Mad Mardigan is... I don't. I don't think Val Kilmer's coming back. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Here's what I'm going to try to do. We have a holiday week uh, coming up. Uh, Thanksgiving is what they call it here in the states. And I'm sorry, Joey. I don't know what y'all do up there. If y'all celebrate, they have and, a Canadian uh, Thanksgiving. It's just like a few weeks ago. Right, and uh, and we have a, a a UK friend, and you know they're like celebrating Boxing Day or something. Kind of not actually. That's later on, but they have a crazy holidays um so i'm not gonna uh, we, we are an international family but we do have thanksgiving coming up here in the states and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to watch the lord of the rings the last two that i haven't seen yet but i'm giving priority to barry Lyndon because i gotta get back to jerry with so many hours in a day yeah there are only so many that's true um i'm not i'm not watching the the hobbit tv show that's out now i, I am watching the uh the dragon show i watched that it was good it's not bad it's it not bad. great but it was good very good. it's worth watching and for me to say that that's that's something um i don't know i'm trying to think what movies i've seen recently tar i saw tar oh i'm gonna go see uh maybe uh maybe uh, this week this weekend definitely this weekend i'm gonna go see uh the black panther new black panther movie go see that that'd be good yeah oh, it's supposed to be good i don't know but I went through Andor. Um, thought that was fantastic. You know, you mentioned that in our uh, in our uh, brothers group chat uh, earlier today that you'd been watching that, and literally everyone that I see, again, I, you know, you all, if you've listened for a while, you know, I don't watch that much TV, so don't take my advice. Um, take it with a grain of salt. But man, everybody that I trust says Andor is great. Yeah, is it? If it was, if, if the Star Wars universe had never happened. And this was just a standalone TV show. It would be must-watch TV, prestige. TV. Really? Well, I guess That's probably why it's so good. The Star um, Wars IP has not been uh, you know, knocking knocking it out of the park lately. Not even just lately. I like the I like some Star Wars movies, but man, that whole franchise is mostly garbage as it as it turns out. At this point, at this point, yeah. Well, not just at this point necessarily. I mean. The a new hope and boy, we got off the rails here. Sorry, a new hope and we're going to keep this one to thirty minutes tonight. By the way, this episode, <laughs> a new hope and Empire Strikes Back were great. And then when was the next great one? Listen, Return of the Jedi was like looking back at it. Sure, not a great movie, but for that time and when you're a kid, 
like time and a place, man. Like it wasn't a great cinematic masterpiece. It's not gonna, you know, be on any top movies of all time list. But when you were nine years old and your older brother sent you down to watch the Star Wars trilogy, you think you're not getting fired up for them Ewoks going nuts, just tripping dudes, beating them with sticks on a random forest moon? Somehow I got alert. the blame. I, it was I got awesome. the blame for that somehow just now. I, I caught it. Wasn't blame. It was credit. It was credit. <laughs> Not it's, it's an objectively bad like film, but from a from a viewing experience as a child, fantastic. Oh, Nate's an Ewok truther. Somebody brought it to my attention the other day. Like, how are you going to try to hide this kid all the way across the universe and let him keep his same last name? <laughs> what? Yeah, and, and Skywalker. <laughs> super super unique famous name. Yeah, call him Smith. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, well, that's for our movie podcast. That's coming up, Nate. We're I've done some research. I've been putting together a list of potential it. topics for our movie podcast. We're getting closer. Juicy. There we go. All right, get, let's get back. We got a couple more of our viewer questions. We got to get through. Um, I thought this was going to be a short one, but unfortunately, it wasn't. And um, it's never short when we have a rude <laughs> when we have a question from Rich Thompson. It's never short because Rich has a long history and I, I, I poke fun at him and I hope he knows it's fun. I do know it's fun. Uh, Rich is a great guy. I love him, but uh, he likes words. Rich says this gentlemen, I think it's safe to say that the Reds have some serious holes organizationally regarding to a lack of outfield depth, both of the major league baseball and minor league levels. However, the Reds are ripe with shortstop prospects at the minor levels with the likes of Ellie De La Cruz, Noelle Marte, Edwin Arroyo, and Matt McClain. He did not mention Kyle Farmer. He's not a prospect anymore, but still the GOAT. With that said, I propose that Nick Crawl make a crawl call to the Nationals, who on paper are lacking depth of shortstops, but do offer a cornucopia of outfield prospects, such as James Hassell, Elijah Green. Elijah Green, I think, was in one of those Hobbit movies. And uh, James Wood. Elijah Green, James Wood. Wait a minute. Anyway, say so let's make a deal. What say you to this idea? Which of the Nationals' outfield prospects would you like to see crawl haul in from such a trade? And which Reds' shortstop prospects would you be willing to flip to make such a trade happen? P.S. Would you include Nick Senzel to potentially sweeten such a deal? Let me say this, that uh, obviously Robert Hassel III is the Nationals' sort of uh, presumptive number one prospect. Elijah Green, number two. James Wood, number three. I would take any of them. I would prefer Hassel, their number one prospect, because he's number one, and also because he's closer to the big leagues. This is why when you ask me which of the Reds' prospects you'd trade, my answer is I'll trade them all. I don't trust any player until they get to the big leagues. So the value of any minor league player to me is what value can they bring to the big league roster? And that's either in a trade or in what they ultimately become. So... um I would trade any of the Reds' prospects for uh, for Hassel, probably. Green or Wood, maybe not. I don't know, maybe not as much because, you know, Green, I think, was in rookie level uh, this past. He's he's 18 years old. Uh, Wood is 20 years old. They're further away. Uh, but uh, that's my answer th- uh, to, the, to that question. I'd trade any of them. I don't care. Um, if you can get somebody that's going to help the Reds, bring them in. Would you include Nixon Zell? I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to take the fifth because I'm a – I'm a Nixon Zell truther. I'm a. Uh, I'm not objective when it comes to Nixon Zell, which I have been very clear about here on the show. You understand my biases. So, Nate, you have an answer to that one? Yeah, I, I went a different direction. You talked about guys that can uh, you know, make an impact in the Reds in the future, and I think that guy is. I believe he was their number ten prospect, Jeremy De La Rosa. Because I think the marketing opportunities with La Rosa's Pizza oh, and Jeremy De La Rosa are just too good to pass <laughs> up. And then you could have a combo, say Ellie De La Cruz, move to the outfield, and you get a De La Cruz De La Rosa tandem in the outfield. It's too, I don't know how oh to make it happen. Nick Crawl, I will take back everything bad I've ever said about you. It's glorious. It's glorious. This is why I need to let Nate answer these questions, and I just need to shut my stupid mouth up that's it that's amazing i love it all right last question comes from seth shaner seth a longtime friend of the show who asked our question about high school football last uh last two weeks 
No, it was last week that we talked about it, but he submitted it two weeks ago when, when Garber was supposed to be here. Chris's question relates back to that one. Well, Olin Tangy Liberty. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Olin Tangy Liberty. I, I mean, I know. No yeah. I mean, with my Olin Tangy. Olin Tangy. <laughs> with my Olin Tangy. Accent. Liberté. Um, still alive in the OHSAA football playoffs. Chris Garber, friend of the show and author of The Big 50. Chris Garber and his brood will freeze their tukuses off. First of all, Seth, I don't know. I'm not sure that's how you spell tukus, but kudos. I wouldn't know how to spell it, and you made a good. I'm not sure it's not correct. Yeah, you know, it probably is correct. I've never seen it spelled, and I appreciate that I got a chance to say tukus. Chris Garber and his brood will freeze their tukuses off in the stands at the regional final while I'll be in the warm press box calling the game on 98.5 WINF. Also available on the TuneIn app. So, okay, two things. First of all, the Riverfront's on the TuneIn app. Follow us or whatever you do there. Also, go listen to Seth uh, Friday night. Uh, listen to the, the Ohio State uh, football playoffs on uh, WINF, the TuneIn app. So, anyway, they're taking here's who Olin Tangi or Olin Tangi Liberté are playing Springfield, which begs the question which Simpsons character would be the best choice for a halftime? motivational speech which simpsons character would be the best for a halftime motivational speech i just want to apologize to seth that i am here and not garber because you and him would have a good 20 minute conversation about this <laughs> we have some some simpsons conversations uh, do you have a thought before i give my my, my gut reaction was barney <laughs> barney gumble surely not I'm going to, you know, he's, he's hilarious. I, yeah, I was starting to say Moses lack because I like saying Moses lack and um, it would be some ridiculous comment, but I'm going to go for the guy that inspires me the most in the Simpsons universe. Ooh. You know, I've, uh, I've dipped my toes in the political waters over the years. I ran for office um, a couple of times. I won once I lost once. Um, I would never run for political office again. But the politician who inspires me the most is Mayor Joe Quimby. Mayor Joe Quimby, just a, uh, a righteous dude, would never do anything wrong. And I could, I could see him coming in, having his uh, you know, um, girlfriend on the side with him next to, you know, take her out of the motel, bring her with him into the, into the locker room. Well, actually, I don't. I don't approve of that. My wife's not listening, so she doesn't care. But I want to say publicly that I do not approve of that. But it's Mayor Joe Quimby. He will inspire the team to 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 victory. I don't know. What are we even talking about, Great, Nate? Greatness. Greatness. I don't know. Good so, question, though. Good question. <laughs> it's a great question, and I love you, Nate. But I do kind of wish Chris were here because he would probably have some great. We're going to have Chris and I, uh, we were going to have a, a full Simpsons podcast at some point. Just we're going to go deep down on the Simpsons and somehow relate it back to the Reds. All right, Nate, that's it. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, just if you guys have a chance and you also like the Cincinnati Bengals, shoot on over to the Riverfront Bengals show where me and uh, Joe Farsing are pumping out some content every Wednesday. And it is sometimes entertaining. That's about all I have to say. You have anything going on? In the riverfront world this week coming up uh, we do have some things going on uh, that you'll see soon but i, I want to echo the uh the riverfront bengal show which is um listen we are irreverent here at the riverfront but the bengals nate and joe on the bengal show they take it a step further and they they go places that i'm not willing to go on this show which is i say that as a, a means of endorsing the show i laugh every week every week it's it's more it's funnier every week than it was the week before you guys are clearly having fun on it and i think the the, the listener slash viewer will have fun as well so look up the on youtube you can find it on our uh, river youtube.com slash riverfront sensi you can also find it at the riverfront bengal show uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, I think you guys are doing doing great work, and I would encourage everyone. We to are actually subscribe exclusively on iHeartRadio. <laughs> Only on I—that's not true. <laughs> if you're on some other podcast app, do not listen to what Nate just told you. He's trying to get those sweet uh, iHeartRadio dollars. 
but uh, they do not support the podcast only, just yet. The only podcast out there. Be great. <laughs> right. So I do encourage that because the Bengals, uh, it's actually interesting, uh, interesting season the rest of the way. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, be fun. how that, how they finish out this season. So anyway, uh, we are the riverfront. Uh, thank you to everyone, all of you for listening, supporting the riverfront. Please remember, as I said, to subscribe to the show, either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. The vast majority of you all are listening on audio and that's great. It's wonderful. Keep doing that. Tell your friends about us. If you want to come on to YouTube, we're there and we're happy for you to look at our face, but one way or the other, tell your friends about it. That's the way to grow podcasts. Uh, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, talk about us. No, keep your mouth shut. No, Come on, Nate. I don't want people saying bad things. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy. That's at Riverfront Cincy on all those platforms. And again, a huge thank you to our, our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. This show literally would not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. And I mean that literally. Uh, we'd love for you to join in our hijinks over there. Just go to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. Easy for me to say. Click the link in the show notes. Maybe if you don't want to like type in a URL, um, we'll have that uh, that link down there. You can you can join the family. Nate, this was fun, buddy. Always is. Thanks for having me. For Nate Dotson and Bo Diaz. This is Chad Dotson saying, "So long, everyone."